0: From Odyssey, I'm Christy Strasser, filling in for Lauren Barry, and this is the On Deadline podcast, where we take a closer look at stories from our radio newsrooms across the nation. Today, On Deadline is looking at a controversial and unique case that's making its way to the United States Supreme Court. The case in question involves Donald Trump and whether he's eligible to be on the 2024 presidential ballot. The case is unique in several ways, including the ramifications of the former president being charged with trying to overturn a Democratic election. That's a first. And there's this. Trump himself appointed three of the current nine Supreme Court justices. The case landed with the Supremes because in Colorado, the state's high court ruled that Trump incited his supporters on January six, 2021, while Congress was certifying Biden's 2020 election victory. Colorado's high court deemed the charge against Trump was enough to disqualify him from running for president under the Constitution's 14th Amendment. That amendment prohibits an oath-taking officer of the U.S. who engaged in insurrection from holding any office, civil or military, under the U.S. While the Colorado Supreme Court says this bars Trump from even appearing on the ballot, the former president argues that it's purely being used as a tool of political persecution. Constitutional scholar John Shu joined Odyssey to discuss the case.
1: I mean, the, the justices could have put off a decision, couldn't they? Well, I suppose so. I mean, they
2: they could have uh, decided to not take the case, or they could have rejected the expedited briefing. Or, to really throw a wrench, they could have issued a stay and then rejected expedited briefing. But they didn't do any of that. I think the court did the right thing in
1: choosing to resolve this uh, as expeditiously as possible. But no matter how uh, the court rules, the other side, whether it's the Democrats on the other side or the Republicans on the other side, are going to be very, very unhappy.
2: Uh, yeah. some. I mean, that's the way it al- almost always is with litigation. Somebody has to lose, and usually that that party is unhappy.
1: Well, but sometimes there's a negotiation in litigation, as you know, and both sides walk away with a little bit of something. But this is not going to happen.
2: No, this is not one of those cases where you can you settle amicably or, you know, the, the, the old Solomonic tale of threatening to cut the baby in half. You can't. This is not one of those situations.
1: <laughs> so, uh, of course, a lot of people say, well, you know, there are, uh, what, three Trump appointees on the court. It's a conservative, clearly uh, leaning Supreme Court. Therefore, some people argue it is clear going to rule in Mr. Trump's favor. Is it that clear?
2: No, that's a terrible way to look at it. And it's a deeply incorrect way to look at it. You know, I mean, for example, Neil Gorsuch wrote the Bostock opinion, and that was uh, very much a pro-gay interpretation of title seven so i mean i think and, and john roberts is really a, a moderate he's mm-hmm. not he's not particularly conservative so i think that's a terrible way to look at it i do think the better way to look at it is that uh to to read the actual text and original intent of section three um there 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 are very good arguments that section three doesn't doesn't apply to the president because he's not really an, an an officer. And also, there's a good argument to be made that the Colorado Supreme Court doesn't have the have the constitutional power to alter the requirements for uh, to run for president.
1: But, but I was going to say, I mean, in terms of the history of the presidential elections in this country, it, it is unusual, is it not, to have so many thorny and yet extremely important issues that could end up uh, really having great weight on who ends up winning the the pres presidential uh, elections. We don't normally have this situation in this country.
2: No, that's that's correct. But, you know, we the Democrats and President Biden, when he was running for office in 2020, they talked about norms and restoring norms. But it's it's not the normal thing to actively prosecute a former president. As I think you and I have discussed before, Charles, you know, President Ford intentionally did not prosecute Richard Nixon. And mm-hmm. as a country, after the Civil War, we intentionally did not prosecute Jefferson Davis or Robert E. Lee. And that's definitely an insurrection. That's the whole reason why the 14th Amendment was passed, right? because, because they seceded from the Union and, and started the Civil War. So, uh, but they, we as a country decided not to do that that for the sake of the sake of the nation. So some of these prosecutions are just completely unheard of and novel. And that's why we have these novel legal issues before the Supreme Court.
0: While the Supreme Court justices are supposed to remain unbiased and impartial, many have wondered whether that's possible in a case that involves the very president who appointed them. While the court holds a conservative majority, 6-3, to three, many started calling on some of the justices to recuse themselves over the conflict of interest. Political analyst, pundit, and writer Lincoln Mitchell joined Odyssey in the Bay Area to discuss.
3: The Colorado Supreme Court was the first state to find that the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause applies to former President Trump and his involvement in the January 6th Capitol riot that happened three years ago. There are now more than 30 legal challenges across the country seeking to remove Mr. Trump from election ballots. He is appealing the Colorado ruling to the highest court in the land. And So if you were a member of this court, is this something that you would want to have to rule on?
4: No, but it's something that they're going to have to rule on. And You know, from the court's perspective, this is, I think, a tougher case than people realize. Because first of all, in my view, what happened was not an insurrection, but it was part of an ongoing insurrection. So, you know, you can make a very strong argument that Trump shouldn't be on the ballot, uh, shouldn't be allowed to run for higher office. On the other hand, the majority of the people on the Supreme Court, frankly, would like to see Trump run for president. And three of them owe their jobs to Donald Trump. And they are aware that their decision could be extremely volatile. So this is something they would rather not have to deal with. But because of the way our system works, particularly the way, frankly, Congress often doesn't work, these kind of Things get pushed up at the Supreme Court all the time.
3: How broad is this ruling likely to be, in in your opinion? Will, will it determine not only the eligibility, but also if he can even hold office?
4: Well, if he's not eligible to run, he can't hold office because that's kind of how you get to be president, right? The question here, and, and again, this is a legal question, but I, and I'm a political scientist, so I'm going to kind of try to try to do best I can here. There is a possibility that they could say something specific about Colorado means that he can't run in Colorado, but make it clear that it does not apply to all of the other states. Because remember, there's only about 30, maybe you know, offhand 30 or 35 states where Trump even needs to be on the ballot. Donald Trump isn't on the ballot in California, New York, Colorado. It doesn't matter right? He could still win the presidency. But if they make something sweeping that says, because of this is just, this insurrection clause simply does not apply to somebody running for president, which is an argument that was made in Colorado for those who wanted to keep him on the ballot, then it would apply and he would run in every state. So they can do this
3: kind of how they want to. He was at a a rally yesterday, I believe it was in Iowa. And he said, you know, all I want is a fair ruling. So if the court rules against him, apart from Ripping them in the media. What else would he be able to do once that decision comes down?
4: Well, in my view, that's an that's an unlikely outcome. But if he is, if, if that does happen, we, we really we are in, you know, it's a cliche, but we've never been to this place before. Right. Yeah. Because if he's really not allowed to be on the ballot, the first issue was the primaries, which occur, of course, before the general election. So then you have to have state Republican Party saying we're going we're to follow this ruling and take him off the ballot, which means you know, Nikki Haley is likely the nominee and, in fact, likely the president. But remember that Donald Trump's political power is unconventional in that it is always grounded on the threat of violence. And if you don't believe that, look at what happened on January 6th, which is why we're having this discussion in the first place. So a lot of people, even people I know who would like to see the court say he cannot run, are concerned about this threat of violence. And he has danced up to that line over and over, and he has crossed it a few times in the past as well. So if the court says he can't run, you know, he's not going to stop running. He's not going to stop holding rallies. He's not going to stop riling up his base, and he's going to put pressure on other Republicans not to honor that. It's not at all clear where this goes. And my sense is we're not going to get there because, you know— there's a whole kind of legal structure built around this idea that the court are these legal scholars, but in this day and age, they're all politicians, and they're thinking about it politically. And certainly people like Kavanaugh, who really came up through the political apparatus at least as much as the legal one. And it's a majority Republicans, and my sense is they're going to say that he, 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 can, he can run.
0: Former President Donald Trump is not one to back down, as was made clear following his defeat in 2020. It was also made clear through an impeachment, social media bans, criminal indictments, civil cases, and now ballot bans. So what happens if the Supreme Court sides against him? Technically, if the judges do conclude Trump is ineligible for public office, then any votes cast for him wouldn't count presumably the GOP would have to choose a new candidate to back. But Trump has already come out swinging, saying that won't happen. We are confident that the fair-minded Supreme Court will unanimously affirm the civil rights of President Trump and the voting rights of all Americans. That's what his team said in a press release. What got him to this point were the events of January 6th. CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarlane joined Odyssey a day before the third anniversary to discuss its continuing effects.
5: Ahead of tomorrow's third anniversary of the Capitol riot, President Biden this afternoon delivered a speech in which he said Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Got the president certainly didn't pull any punches today, did he? In front of a U.S. flag, speaking in... A tone of voice we haven't heard in a while and invoking President Trump's name, former President Trump's name an awful lot. Haven't heard that in a while from President Biden either. Um, this is clearly a crystallized argument on the three-year mark of January 6th that democracy means at risk in 2024, that Donald Trump is an existential threat to democracy. President Biden pretty unequivocal about that over the past hour. Mr. Biden's saying a lot about why Americans should not vote for Donald Trump. What did he say about why they should vote for Joe Biden? Ultimately, he's making a contrast here that Donald uh, Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and that everything that he does sows lawlessness. Making that contrast, he's making a case for himself. He also pushed back on those recent statements from Donald Trump unrelated to the election about the blood of Americans being poisoned by immigration, the same language President Biden said used in Nazi Germany. And I think ultimately what he's tried to do here is build a binary choice with his poll numbers soft, with his poll numbers lagging. So Biden is running against somebody who has himself a large disapproval rating and he's trying to show the difference.
0: No matter which way the court rules, the extra attention Trump has received from the case seems to have paid off, just like all his other court cases. In fact, last month while on the campaign trail, Trump said that the ballot challenges made him, quote, much more popular now than I would have been if they didn't do it. As for voters, party lines determine whether people think he should be on the ballot. A poll from CBS News found that 90% of Republicans think the Supreme Court should let him be on the ballot, while 81% of Democrats think he should be removed. But the only opinion that will end up mattering, at least legally, is the one held by the Supreme Court. This show is produced by Joe Heady, Lauren Berry, Myron Kaplan, and Bill Smee. I'm Christy Strasser. Thanks for listening to On Deadline, Odyssey serving of the top news story just for you. Subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts.